March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, I suppose it had to happen. Fits magic to the Wolfskins? It'll either be a fun wild ride or Rex 2.0. We shall see. Hall of Fame coach Gary Williams and Maryland color analyst Chris Naki join Carol and I for a power lunch at the Palm. All that plus from two weeks to a whole year. My, how time flies. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, March 17, 2021. Thank you for downloading. So the Patriots are on the move in free agency. Wow, what a Tuesday it was. First of all, the Patriots are going to get back. Linebacker Dante Hightower, safety Patrick Chung, tackle Marcus Cannon. All guys opting out from this past year. That's number one. Number two, they add guard Joe Thune from the Chiefs, five for 80. Outside linebacker Matthew Judon from the Ravens, four for 54. Safety Jalen Mills from Philly, four for 24. Wideout Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders, two for 22. And the two big tight ends, Janu, my Janu. Boy, Charge is going to be jealous. Janu Smith, four for 50 from Tennessee. And then tight end Hunter Henry, three for 37 from the L.A. Chargers. That's $267 million in contracts that Belichick and company have doled out. You add to that Cam Newton coming back for another year, and he was not good this past year, but I'm just going to assume he'll be at least one click better. No doubt Belichick is going to dial up a offense that is too tight end heavy with these guys, kind of like the peak of the Gronk-Hernandez years. And lest we forget, the Patriots last year won seven games, even with all of that going against them. Let me tell you, I would not bet against Bill Belichick winning double digits this year with what he's got coming, even with the limitations of Cam Newton. The other big free agent story before we get to basketball is, of course, the Wolfskins getting Stewbeard. Ryan Fitzpatrick, come on down. Ninth team in his 17th season. He was going to retire, and he gets a one-year deal for $10 million. And according to reports, has been told, he will be the starting quarterback entering camp. 
Look, you can defend this move, and I know a number of people have. It's a why not kind of a move. It's a who else do we have kind of a move. But you can also rip it. It was the easiest move to make. Hell, you take a guy who is about to retire, who's 38 years old, he'll he'll turn 39 on November 24th, and you give him $10 million and say, well, well, let's see what happens. It's kind of like they gave Jay Cutler $10 million to come out of retirement for one year for the Dolphins. How'd that work out? Look, this is a okay, then what kind of move. After one year, and we'll be right back on this square one year from now, time flies, hold that thought for the end of the podcast today. One year from now, the Redskin, the Wolfskins will be back here on this same square, and they'll be like, all right, now what? So any kind of yeah, then what move doesn't really excite me. Sure, he could win maybe nine games and get you into the playoffs, maybe win the division, who knows. He could also throw 20 picks if he plays a full season. He threw eight interceptions in seven games last year, and he loves to take risks. And another new offense for him to learn. The other thing is that if I'm Kyle Allen, and if I'm Taylor Heineke, I'm pissed. I mean, Kyle Allen broke his leg for this team last year and thought he could be a starter much younger. Started a bunch of games for Ron Rivera in Carolina. He's like, what the hell? Taylor Heineke sold out in that playoff game against Tampa, playing the last five minutes with a badly torn up shoulder. I'd be pissed if I were them. Now, what will the locker room be like in that they go, okay, career journeyman, here's the team. Good luck with it. And then tell everyone that's his name, that's his name, that's his name. Are they going to be cool with that? I don't know. I don't know. All I know, as I said before this free agency period opened, I said there are no good options for the Wolfskins at quarterback. And guess what? This is one of them. Welcome Fitzmagic. Brad Johnson's number 14 is waiting for you and the starting job if you can keep it. Today was Power Lunch Tuesday and it was great to get former Maryland head coach Gary Williams and Maryland color analyst Chris Knocky to join Carol and I at the Palm in Tyson's Corner. For your next Power Lunch, head on over to the Palm. Menu is great. I recommend the Shrimp Parm. Yes, Parmesanized shrimp, giant shrimps, over linguine and red sauce. Mm, 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 mm. Their uh, Power Lunch menu starts at just $26 a person. Appetizer and meal all in. Very good. Tell Eric, the manager, we sent you, and he will most appreciate it. Today with Coach and CNOC, we talk tournament, paying the players, the importance of a good assistant coach, whatever happened to Gary after he won a championship, and a whole lot more. So enjoy Tuesday's Power Lunch. <laughs> Gary's, I got Gary's new nickname, Naki. It's, hey, how about? Yeah, uh, I like it. Gary, you are hey, how about? You've been hey, how about me the whole time waiting for everyone to get here today. And you're not wrong about any of it. Like the hey, how about the referees <laughs> yeah. at the NCAA tournament. This is the first big snafu of the COVID event, Naki. Six referees weren't able to get their rooms right away. And so they were told, come back later. They went out to dinner. One guy pops a positive, and they're like, you're all out of the tournament. Well, the big, is that the first snafu? Or is that the... I think it's the opening snafu. You think yeah. so? Well, I mean, where do you rank the Virginia pause, the Kansas pause last week? I but mean, do you know if that was a snafu or just bad luck? 
Well, I mean, how about how about Duke? Can I have about you? How about Duke? Okay, well, hold on. Before we how about Duke, the referee thing, Gary. This is the NCAA. They're spending an inordinate amount to create what a mini bubble. Yeah. Right. And ha- wouldn't you think the referees who are going to be face to face with the players and the coaches, frontline most important people, would be the first ones to be VIP? Like, hey. You're not going to have to go to the front desk. We're going to have your rooms. We're going to whisk you in because you're in front of all of our critical people. Instead, they're like, well, uh, here's the address to the hotel. Good luck. Well, the irony incompetence. Well, here's the thing. How long has Indianapolis been assigned the final four for this uh, year? Probably five, six, six years, I'd say. Yeah, in six advance. years. Oh, yeah. Oh, well they do a well, well in advance. Wait, was but it's no, like they Super moved Bowls. it here this year because of the pandemic. No, they moved the Big Ten tournament oh, to okay. Indianapolis. Well, either way, Indy knows this event. And oh, they know for six how to years. Do big events. It's all nice and compact. Oh, they've done it before. They, they know how to do it. But it's not on Indy. It's on the NCAA. Ex- the yep. dumb-dumb bureaucrats didn't think, hey, the referees are kind of important. Don't fucking make them have to walk to the hotel and check in yeah. and go, sorry, your room's aren't made yet. Well, the irony of that is they, they completely slashed the, the referee pool as it is. They told, they cut a lot of big name they, guys. They, 160. They yeah. went 160. So wait, they, they brought half the number of refs to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah because they Why? were sensitive. To, well, they're not spread out. Because the tournaments they, aren't spread out. They were in. They could work more You know games. what they said, too? They said, well, we, we have six people ready to go that are just as good. Now, a couple of those guys oh, really? are as good as they have. Just as good. How varying degrees of bad. As the news this morning, the latest news I just saw, two are returning of the six. Two are allowed to come back. Oh, really? I don't know what's oh, really? going Yes, that was just on Sports Center. Why didn't we sorry. vaccinate these guys? We got states that have extra vaccines. Hell, in Louisiana, they're giving NBA players vaccines. Right, right. You'd think we could have vaccinated the referees, but right. oh well. And too bad none of the guys was Bo Borowski, because apparently Bo Borowski <laughs> is totally hated. Carol, it is great to have you. What can we get you for uh, an appetizer I here? I love at the it, we are going to eat through the podcast today. Alex is going to take care of us. Alex, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Alex. Good, Alex. What would you Can like I have for the French onion soup, please? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Carol is a Division One athlete. Yeah. A basketball player. Basketball. Yeah. I want you to brag about your basketballing days. Well, I... At Drake, you're in the tournament. By the way, high five on Drake. Woo-hoo! Go Bulldogs. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Yeah. They get in, now they're going to make a run, says every homer I know, right? Is That's this, a... We're talking Drake? Drake mm-hmm. Bulldogs. You know who coached at Drake? The guy that got me to college, Tom, Tom Davis. Davis. Yep. We're also and his son did too. We all share Tito a love of the, bo- the bounce pass. Oh, there you go. <laughs> against Doctor Tom, Doctor Tom is doctor of the bounce pass. By the way, is Tom Davis one of the nicest guys that was ever in this tough business? Is he as good as his reputation is? Ah, uh, he. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you're, you're like, like yeah. yeah. But he, he can be very <laughs> tough, just like everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coach, can you get up to the microphone a little bit more? Sure. I have a question for you about that because as a nice guy, and I know with Turgeon, I don't want to get right into it, but with Turgeon oh, being a nice guy and uh, you know doing things the right way, and, and he tells us, he reminds us, I'm wondering about the success in today's game when you are doing things the right way and you were that nice. Yeah, I, you know, I, I did too. I mean, I, I never was accused of cheating by anybody. And you can still win. That doesn't mean you can't win. It, it makes it tougher sometimes, and you get tired of seeing a school get a player you know they cheated on. You know, that, that's what hurts the most. And then you play that school, and that guy beats you, and it hurts even more. Yeah. Uh, so that part's there. But, you know, um, 
everybody is different the way they they look at things and what they you know let out to the media yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. well lsu was it brady the coach down there that was ca- caught cheating left will, and right will wait oh will, will wait at so, lsu okay yeah, yeah. yeah that All is right. How is he still and coaching? It, so, so and LSU he was allowed to coach, and, and then they brought him back for the tournament, right? Right. LSU beat Maryland hey. a couple years ago, and it was a hell of a game. So he wasn't there. Yeah, right. He sat, had to sit out that game. He had to sit but out that they, game. They brought him back for the next season. They fired the AD and brought him back. Yeah. Joe ain't Oliva. That, that's some shit, right? Joe there. Oliva, who was the AD at Duke, <laughs> the took the LSU <laughs> right. job. It's just different, as yeah. the slogan goes at the SEC. <laughs> you know, you know who else was not going to play in the tournament this year was Oklahoma State. They, they, they were done. That's right. They, they were done. And then all of a sudden, and you know what? The, the NCAA just has not made a decision. They on, on Oklahoma State. You watch it, is two it, two is weeks. It Kate Cunningham was that yeah, one? Okay. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's one of the NBA stars. Star he's one of the stars in the NCAA tournament. Right. Gee, I wonder how that works. You know, I mean. So there was recruiting stuff on him. Some well, stuff at irregular. Some stuff irregular. Yeah. Well, well I, I'm not up on. Start it. at the beginning. Know. Go slow. Don't leave anything out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, he's shaking his head. That means I can't go there. Who's that? Oh, I was going to say on Oklahoma the story. States? Yeah. What do you know? No. Yeah, what do you know about the Cunningham stuff? Well, have you ever been to Stillwater, Oklahoma? <laughs> no. I mean, it's... The Wild West? Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I think it was the previous coach, so I shouldn't say a whole lot. And they fired that guy and they brought... Travis Ford. Travis Ford. Coach, yeah, right? he, he, yeah, he was the guy that got in He's trouble. now at St. Louis. He's at St. Louis. Yeah. And that's where all this stems from. Well, well, well. Yeah. Sounds like the same old NCAA we've yeah. known for a while, right, Carol? Yep. Yeah. Where if no, you ain't cheating, pl- you ain't trying. That's right. Basically, unfortunately. I never played, but the year after I graduated, they went to the Sweet 16, so I got that going. Oh, what do you mean you never played? I never played in the NCAA tournament. We so didn't the, even go the NIT. The women that Drake got to the Sweet 16 or the men? The women, the women. year after me. So I think yeah. the men got there to, to the Final Four in like 69. Now, I remember so Drake being good. Him. Yeah, I remember yeah, Drake being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. When yeah. you played, Carol, you played. You got minutes, right? I mean... It was an up and down career. Look at me; I was the shortest person in the Missouri Valley Conference. It's probably the coach's fault. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> coach restricted I, my <laughs> shit. Out of high school, but she's like, Lisa coach Bluter, is restricting my coach, shit. Coach hurt my game. But she was a star in the media games at the Big Ten tournament. A couple, of, no we played, doubt. We played at the YMCA in I don't remember what town we were in. Um, oh my gosh! I had to like guard Pete. Gilbert from uh, WBA. Yeah, that's right. That's right. BAL. He had no shirt on and he was slimy. It was disgusting. <laughs> um, no, He's yeah. He's telling that story a little different way right now. I'm telling Pete is like, like, I was looking Pete ripped like, and buff. Pete is like, Carol, yeah. let me take my shirt I off. Never hot found sportscaster was guarding me. <laughs> And I could tell she was hot for me. You got two good coaches here, right? They probably one teach, and a half. Yeah, there you go. They teach uh, their players to give up the good shot for the great shot. I was never able to learn that lesson. I just saw a shot I had to take. Yeah, it's that, that's the toughest part of coaching is because all these, you know, the guys you coach, they were great high school players, right? Yeah. And they they took whatever shot they wanted to take in high well, school. Well, now more than ever, right? Yeah. 
Oh, what, what's well, the joke? They, they, as soon as my sweats are off, I'm in range. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, then you add to the fact. No, no, that, that's a new foreign language for a kid when he comes to college, and some coach tells him for the first time in his life, "That's a bad shot. You shouldn't shoot that." He's never heard that before. Heard that that's before. how easy it is to coach. You tell that. a kid he's got, he took a bad shot. He looks at you like a dog. That's confused. yeah. No, no, it gives you that <laughs> angled look. Yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you about Juan Howard and the uh, the accusations, you guys. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And and Go the kind it. I just to, just to have coaches be separated in the middle of a game like that. What was your impression? What do you know? Like what happened? And just the stuff that's come out about Juan Howard saying, "I will effing kill you." And does that bring back any memories? Because I've you gotten that, that heat yes. before. Yes, twice. Oh, yeah. oh boy. So uh, the way it all started was um, going into a media break, media timeout. Uh, Howard was arguing a call. And he was way over half court, which mm-hmm. means, of course, he was way out of the coaching box that mm-hmm. exists. Turge saw it, pointed it out to an official. The official gives him Howard the initial technical. That's technical number one. Yeah. So then Howard says, oh, turns to Turge and he says, oh, we're going we're gonna to do things like that, meaning he thought Turgeon had ratted him out. Hey, right. snitches which snitches. Is that against the coaching code? No. It no. isn't. No, no, you say whatever it takes during yeah. a game. Look, and plus, you know. he, if you look at the replay, he's two feet over half court. He's not even out of the coaching box. He's just way over half court, Juwan right. is. But so, normally when I've done that, and, and I, as a player, I do it quietly so that the ref oh no. does Oh, no, no you no, want no. the, the ref referees is, to The ref is it's on their <laughs> no, radar. Turgeon, Turgeon, what you do is when you see the other coach out of the box, the referee closest to you, and there's three of them now, so yeah. one's usually close. You say, hey, look, look, he's out of the box. And both coaches have said that during games, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and, no big deal. And a lot of times, if you're a step or two out of the box, you get the benefit of the doubt. A lot of referees says, get back. Yeah, just you know, get back. Yeah, but get he's back. way over half court. So Howard then turns to Turge. And keep in mind that this had been lit. Like the first two games that they played this year, these teams had a lot of words. And, and Juwan, Juwan was very negative about Maryland publicly a couple of times. And so Turge went into the game... And he'd already told the Big Ten office, hey, if he talks to me, it's on. If he talks to me, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, because you guys won't do anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him to knock it off. So when Juwan said that about, <clears throat> oh, it's gonna be like that, Turge turns to him and says, do not talk to me. And then, and he starts to, to, um, Juwan said, Turge charged, charged him. Charged him. Now, I like, I like Mark an awful lot. Mark charging you is a little bit like Barney Fife charging you. <laughs> it's not. It's not. He's what five eleven. Yeah, one eighty five. You know, Howard six nine six ten. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so at any rate, that's when uh, you get that line that was uttered. You know, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll fucking, fucking kill you. Kill you. Well, that's just like in honor of John Cheney, who passed away. Yeah, yeah not long ago. That's what he said Rest to Calipari, which yeah, we're good. Thank you. You know, um, <laughs> I guess that didn't happen. I, I still see Calipari once in a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> Funny how that is. No, but here's the, here's the thing. that uh, This is from the some of the stuff I read out in Michigan, you know, from their boards and all that crap. Juwan Howard was really upset going into the third game because Turgeon didn't tell Juwan that he called the Big Ten. Howard did not know that. And there's a certain thing in coaching where if you have a problem with another coach, what do you do? Call you call him the next day. And you say, hey, you asshole, you know, and he calls you whatever he wants to call you. And then you go from there, you know, and hopefully you work it out. 
Do and you that, call the coach and say, hey, oh, your guy's taunting my bench? Oh, yeah. No, co- coach. Directly. I've, I was in the Big East, Big Ten, and ACC, and, you know, there, there was conversation. Hey, when I, How when many I, phone calls when did I you was in the Big Gary? East, when I was in the Big yeah. East, when you played Thompson, Beheim, Rasimino, Carlos Samo, Patino, there was a lot of phone calls for a lot of coaches. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, that's in an era when cell phones didn't exist, so you had to catch them in the office. No, you call the office. It's yeah. all you do. How was it? Do you ever call uh, Coach Thompson and have it out? No, not really. I uh, think that phone call would he, would, he wouldn't take the call. Motherfucker, <laughs> you know? don't call me. Yeah, office. don't call me. Don't call me. <laughs> like, Click, and that's that. No, but, but, I mean, back then, you weren't. Uh, now, if you get into a fight, they, you're suspended for the next game. Right. Back then in the Big East, there was fights all the time. It's like hockey. It was encouraged. Yeah. I mean, it was encouraged. I mean, we, we went from no TV contract in 1979 to the most watched conference in the country in 1982. That's when ESPN came in and all yeah. that stuff. So That's all Dave Gavitt, right? Oh, Gavitt was incredible. He Genius. was just smarter. He, he beat everybody to the punch back then, all, yeah. all the major conferences. I mean, you think about it. The Big East had no football, and yet they became – the conference at that time. Amazing. Back, back to Howard for a second. So he's obviously been very successful. Uh, I played the clip the other day on the podcast of Mike Francesa claiming he would, quote, get his lunch eaten in that league, quote, unquote. So another great Francesa, totally wrong, but never in doubt. Shocker. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Always certain, but not in uh, yeah, never What would you say about often, me? Often wrong, but never in doubt. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, he is got very little coaching experience, right, before he got the job. Well, he was an assistant in the pros for... He also hired really well. He was an assistant in the pros for how long? For 16, 17 years. Jawan Howard? Yeah, after he was done playing. I think is, that's that, is that that long? Well, he's 50. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you're know. right. Holy shit. Time flies. Time goes by. Okay. But, but he and, hired Phil Martelli, right. who'd been a longtime Division One coach, very good offensive mind. So he's also, still he's still knocking around Martelli. Yeah, he's he, he got, he got okay. the big bucks to go to. He, the, St. Joe fired him up got in it. Philly. Got yep. it. So he 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 didn't want to get out of coach completely, and it was a great move by Howard, I thought, to hire somebody that knew college basketball as well as anybody. Right. Because well, that, that's one thing when you come from the pros, you don't know how that works. You know about making sure guys go to class, making sure guys are in at night. You know, you, you don't exactly worry about that if you're a pro coach. Yeah. You, you definitely need good assistance because yeah. when I was a young cub play-by-play man for UC Santa Barbara. Oh, by the way, your guys Barbara are in the, the West, tournament. Barbara the West, Couchos in as a 13 seed. Yeah, there you go. And old Jerry Pym was the head coach at the time. And, Gary, you knew Jerry Pym. He was very successful at Utah right. before taking the Santa Barbara job. Nice guy, good coach, kind of quirky. But his number one assistant was a guy by the name of Ben Howland. Sure. A young, hard-charging Ben Howland. Yeah. And I learned early on, Carol, as play-by-play man, like that fucker there, that intense guy, Ben Howland, he is the guts of the coaching staff. And, and Jerry was smart enough to know to let him do a lot of the stuff. And Jerry sure. was, I don't want to say figurehead Gary, but he knew that, hey, I can just ride this and let Gary do a lot of the hard work. And I'll make the decisions in game and everything else. <clears throat> but Ben is the one that got the team to play fucking defense like maniacs. I was recruiting a junior college kid in, I don't know, Kansas or Colorado one time. And there at the practice, 
was the new head coach at Northern Arizona, Ben Howland. Yeah, exactly. And we ended up going out for beers afterward, and he was every bit as hard charging. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> off the court as he was. Ben on has it. no off switch, which is why he yeah, burns no out off everywhere. Switch. No and, off switch. And and he was this close to real sort of you know college basketball legendary status at UCLA. Right. Because he went to the championship game twice and ran into Horford and Noah twice. Whoops. Yeah. That timing is everything. Had, yep. had, yeah. uh, had Love and Westbrook on the same team. And then that washed out and they used to bounce We, we, we played then. against them um, at Maryland. In Kansas in City. In Kansas City. Yeah. Love, you see him on television because of the size of the pros. He doesn't look that imposing, that big. That guy's like this wide. He can throw an outlet pass like Wes Unsold for all the old people that <laughs> yeah. listen to this. And, like, knew the game really well. And his uncle was a member of the Beach Boys. So I didn't Mike, even know that. Mike oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Brian Big Love. singer. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, what gets to kids these days as we get ready for the tournament? What is the one thing, Coach, that really can connect with today's young player? Well, young players want to go where they think they have a chance to make it to the NBA. If you're a good player and you're going to a power conference, basically you still have in your mind that you're good enough to play in the NBA. And so they're looking at it, and if they get recruited, you know, at the highest level, that's going to be a big part of their decision. Plus, they all have people now that kind of they might be responsible to in terms of making their decision to go to college, whether it's a coach they had in the summertime, uh, shoe companies, things like that, get involved uh, very, very quickly in the recruiting process now. And so kids, it's a shame. Very few kids pick a school now uh, because of the education that's available. In other words, what major do you have at your university is not asked very often. My kid goes to your school. Will he graduate in four years? I don't think that's ask much anymore so it's really changed college basketball now especially if, if they do pay players it's minor league it's a it's a minor league well that's uh, a whole nother thing we got to get into the whole nil yeah. stuff which yeah. we will in just a second i just wanted to ask you about like the psychology of co- coaching this time of year um you know you can use like negative press as motivation all year and i know georgetown you know patrick ewing said every day he posted up the rankings and he talked about how they were being counted out and they were worse than the Big East. And then you get to this time of year and then you do what? Like, what, how do you, or is it well, every kid is different? I know I need I, to I, I hope, I hope uh, this time of year with the NCAA tournament, if you're fortunate enough, and you are fortunate to make the NCAA tournament, that you're excited. You know, if you can't get excited about playing in the NCAA tournament, Something's wrong. You're dead inside. You're, you are not a good player. You, you are playing for yourself. You are uh, you're, you're missing a part of your life that you can never get back. I'll give you an example, quick. When I was at BC, the Celtics, we're talking Bird, McHale, Parrish, the great Celtics team, would come over and play in September against our guys just to get in some kind of shape before they went to camp. All they would do is rip each other about how many NCAA tournaments they played in, where they went to school. Really? And the best was Robert Parrish, the big seven-foot center yeah, for the Celtics. Centenary. That went out of business. It's no longer exists. Yeah, how about that? And they would, they would, Bird, they Bird would start it. they say, yeah, you really did a good job because you put your school out of business. <laughs> Mikhail's deal was he went to an ice hockey school because he went to Minnesota. Right. 
right. Bird couldn't handle Bob Knight at Indiana. That's why he dropped out before he went to Indiana State. So they would needle him. They on all that. killed each other. Oh my god! And that's god, all they that's talked hilarious. about the whole time. Well, there was some talk that because more and more football players are opting out of bowl games, sure, that we might have that in basketball, Naki, where guys are opting out of the tournament. I think it's different, though. I mean, yeah, I do too. The kid, the kid at Georgia Tech, who was like in tears after they won. You know, an asterisk ACC with Virginia out. No, that was. Got, it, I know they. they okay, it, I don't want to ask. In ten it. years, it, they're going to be. I loved it. I yeah, love the fact was he was all like, "I'm a champion." He couldn't speak. Like, he couldn't speak. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that that is what makes the tournament so great. Is these kids care? And they and really do. They do. Further too, I don't. It's not going to make a difference that it's an empty arena now. These guys are used to playing in these arenas. You know, with. Without a whole lot of folks around there, it's, mm-hmm. it's still the you, tournament. You know, it's going to be interesting. If you're in a doubleheader in the NCAA tournament, say you're playing uh, the 11 o'clock, 11.30 game or something like that, and you're playing against, say you're a, a high seed and you're playing like a 14 seed or something like that. As the people come in for the second game, oh, yeah. if that team that's the 14 seed is even or has a lead, they all become fans of that team, and the arena changes sure. into a tough place to play for yeah. the highest seed team. It's amazing how that happens that's all what, the time. That's what happened in Virginia. Plus, three oh yeah, years ago. sure. That's yeah. right. Yeah. UMBC guy. Yep. Man, I have so many questions I'd like to ask them. Um, is Virginia the defending champ? Then you say defending. Sure. Is sure. That yeah. What you say? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. We haven't had one since then. Exactly. And I know this year has been so tough to predict, and now the tournament. In my head, I'm like, I, I actually work my way into my bracket from the outside in, but I never do well that way. I'm wondering if you guys pick your final four, your champion, then your final four, and you work your way backwards. Like, uh, what's the best strategy? Uh, I'm trying to earn some money for the first time ever <laughs> or get some back. How do you fill out your bracket? Well, I mean, speaking for myself, I first of all, I recognize that most pools are won by, like, secretaries and, ad, you know, administrative right. assistants. <laughs> Because there's a certain amount, I think there's a certain amount of luck. Bless their heart. I do it game by game, though. Really, I don't. I don't don't start at the end and work backwards. I just start with, you know, the whoever. You know, you. you, I tell you one thing to do this year. If you wrote every uh, Big Twelve team and every Big Ten team in first couple rounds, I don't think you'd do that poorly on the on the pool. So, how many number one seeds get to the final four? I only have two. Typically, it's three. I think is the average. Yeah. Of recent this vintage. year, this oh, I would say I would say that's very accurate. You know, I have three. Two this yeah. year. Who's your second? Gonzaga and and Baylor. And Baylor. So no Big Ten teams. Mm-mm. No Illinois. No Michigan. No, no best conference in the country. Wow. You guys have your brackets. Disrespect. And by the way, how hard was it to find a paper bracket? I didn't have a printer, so I had to like go to. <laughs> oh wow, that's put that up here in between paper? us. Well, it was difficult. To that's find. trying too hard. <laughs> Always an overachiever. Well, Always. if Gary had his way, it'd be 128 teams, and you couldn't fit it on a piece of paper. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, 90... You still on that, Coach? 96 or whatever. Would be, no, I, I was I was for 96. Hey, Krzyzewski was the guy that was for every team in, and not just this year. He said that before. Hey, if Krzyzewski told you every to jump team. into traffic, would you? Uh, Screw I wasn't... I know he's your that, boy, but come no, on. No, he's man. not my boy. <laughs> he's not my boy. No, we, no, you're friends. You you are you have a collegial coaching yeah. relationship with him. You always got along. We played fifty times during my twenty two years. What was your record? Not good. Uh, we won enough to make it competitive. But right. you know, he won a lot more than I did, but 
you know, you figure two a year plus the ACC tournament once in a while, yeah. you get to 50 pretty quick. And I know he recruited out of this area heavily. And, of course, well, who wouldn't because this area is so bad? Everybody recruits out of this area. It's but easy to get to. Did you ever try to. to go to his area? Did you ever find one? Why? Oh. There's no players down there. Did you ever find one that yeah. you're like, I have? Well, we, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one we got. We got Chris Wilcox yeah, and, and they were le- le- they lefty were got there, John they? Lucas. John Lucas' yeah. parents lived in Durham. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Did you ever f- have a phone call with Gary? Or, I mean, with uh, Kay back in the sure. day, Gary? Yeah. And what'd you address? His constant ref baiting? There was, there, was, <laughs> there was one game at halftime where, I'll never forget, the referee was John Cloggerty, uh, pretty big-time official work, Final Fours. Half-ended, Cloggerty was in front of Duke's bench, and Shashefty just jumped his ass. And so the guy in front of me, he was right there, and I said, I jumped out at him, and I just said, that's the problem with this league. You know, he intimidates everybody, and he does whatever he wants. And referee's going on. And Shevsky sees me. He comes hobbling, running, ran, running down to me, and he says, what's going on down here? I said, the same thing that's going on up there. You know, and, like, they, they broke us up, you know, and that was, that was it. But... What's yeah, going on yeah, down yeah. here? Yeah. He just wanted to be apprised. Wait a minute. Yeah, well, looks like Gary's doing I mean, some ref. Work if, in the if you watch a Duke game, you'll notice the TV cameras are behind the benches. Networks want the TV cameras facing the benches yeah. in case anything happens. Yeah, like Coach Michigan, Maryland, they they get a pretty good look at it, mm-hmm. you know. But it's interesting, and the announcers at Duke are put upstairs, so they don't hear anything that goes on that a coach might use a bad word. But that, well, that's like because that. there's no space at camera. No, well, yeah, okay, Steve. Way to buy into all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's no space. Why is there no space at Duke put, and put, space at everybody Dickie, else? They put Dickie V up in the rafters, that's too. What, that's what I mean. But no other place does that. So there's any room, man. It's tight down there. You no, know, you can make room. You can make room. You make room. What about all the celebrities that are in the Well, that's too bad. When Duke is good. And when Duke is not good, Gary. We have a lot of celebrities. Guess what? Hey, I've had Cal Cal Ripken behind my back. She is not a celebrity. There we go. So just take him off the list. Van Pelt, yes. Uh, Cal, yes. We can all rest easy, though, because Duke has made themselves available for the NCAA tournament. Okay, sure. Right. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Are you kidding me? Let's talk about that. Where did that come from? Duke ducks out after one COVID test, and then it floats out a day later. Duke would be available to play in the tournament if needed. And I'm like, who asked you? Well, well the they other... have replacement teams. If They have until 6 o'clock tonight. Right, if a they team have a, gets... but they have a specified pecking order. Why would Duke... Yeah. Why, who, who put that out there? I, it, it was out there. Duke, it got floated. Yeah, Duke, Duke, had, floated. Duke had, I, had to put it I out. wanted to see a picture of, as the selection show was going on, how they showed the teams waiting to hear their name. I wanted to see in dorm if they had like a room oh. where they had all those guys. <laughs> That's very, that very uh. harsh. Is the tournament not quite as sexy without... Duke and Kentucky? Or is it just fine without? It's just fine without. Yeah, if you're a TV network, you want Duke, Kentucky in the tournament. Right. Because they draw, they're the highest rated games every every year. So from TV standpoint, they were doing everything they could to pray for Kentucky and Duke to be in the tournament. I do think it's interesting from the TV standpoint, and since he brought it up, to me it's interesting that they put two blue blood so to speak uh, Michigan State and, and you know and UCLA yep. playing 
in, in the, the first round. I call it the card the, table game. Yeah, it's like yeah, a Thanksgiving. It's like the kids. They put the yeah, card the kids table. table. Yeah. <laughs> the kids table. Like you go over there. But to I me, loved it to though. Me, oh my gosh. And to me, that's a great way to sort of jumpstart interest yeah. and eye, eyeballs on the tournament. Exactly. On the, on yeah, the, the only thing is, I think Syracuse should have been in there instead of Michigan State. I thought Michigan State should have been in, in the regular tournament because Syracuse right. had one quad one win this year. Right, they beat right, Carolina, right. I think, March 2nd or something like that. One thing I thought I noticed from the selection shows Sunday night is that there was the lack of the typical arguments of moral certitude about who should be in or not because everyone had played so many different games, yeah. you really couldn't compare. Well, the other, so everything was an eye test. And the, and, the, and the other things, too, is what value do, do you place on a road game? This year, because they're all road games. That's right. another they're all, thing, right? They're yeah. all the same. You said road so. teams wanted a higher percentage this year than ever, which makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like Maryland's opponent. They played one outside team. They play, I guess they played three outside games outside their league, and they beat uh, Southern California. That, that's their one good win outside. But there's a team that played, like, six games less than Maryland, I yeah. think, or something like that. Yeah. And yet – you know, there they are playing each other. So, and that was Uzo's big complaint. If he didn't, they made him play four games in eight days. He said at the press conference yesterday. Yeah. And if you don't have to play those four games, or say you only play two of them and you win two of them, then you're uh, all of a sudden he's got a much better record. He's got a better seed in the tournament. So, there's a lot of stuff this year that's completely different than normal. So they got screwed, Michigan State. So they go on this COVID. Uh, shut down, shut hiatus, down. whatever. Like three three weeks. Then they're told, you know, when they're just coming out of, uh, out of this shutdown, they're told basically, you have 48 hours, you're playing Rutgers in 48 hours. Yeah. At Rutgers, they play two games on the road in the first four days post-COVID. And if you look at people's records coming out of a COVID shutdown, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. Baylor, for instance. Yeah. You know, Baylor, yeah, right. They, nobody played well. So Michigan State has to go to Rutgers and to Ohio State. And at that time, Ohio State was playing lights yeah. out, and, and now they've, they've come back. So Mich- they, Gary said Michigan State plays four games in eight days. So when Jawan and his guys came out of the COVID shutdown, the league says, you need to play here. And and uh, the Michigan's response was, we're, we're not ready yet. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're like, no. No, we're not playing. No, Michigan told the seed. Wow. Michigan took over for Indiana basketball. When Bob Knight was in the Big Ten, he just said, I'm not going to the league meeting. I'm not not doing any of that stuff. You know, I'm not doing (laughs) it. Then when when Knight left, all of a sudden Michigan stepped up and they became, I guess because of football, you know, Ohio State, Michigan and football, and then Michigan's success in uh, basketball, they just said, we're we're, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're going to do what's best for Michigan. So is Forget Michigan this thing. the dog that wags the tail of the league now in the yeah. Big Ten? Yeah, there, Who's the, the epicenter? Ohio State is the epicenter for football. But know. I know for basketball, though, because for Indiana's down. Yeah, by but, the way, how about that buyout of Archie Miller? $10 million. I mean, $10 million, two donors just split the check. Carol, like you and I splitting the tip here at the Palm. So if, if I was Archie Miller, I'd be going, or no? wait a minute, let me get this straight. I'm supposed to be upset and really feel bad because you're going to give me $10 million and I don't have to coach next year? <laughs> was it your dream to get bought out, yeah, coach? What, well, <laughs> I dream to get bought you know, out. Well, you know what they are. They're the NBA contracts. When you, when you, Because of the players' agreement with management, if, if you're a coach in the NBA and you sign a contract for five years, they fire you a week later. That that all that money's all yours automatically. That's guaranteed. No offset language. No, that's wow. part of the agreement. 
Did you see where yeah. Arkansas was suing the Patriots because they were underpaying their coaches like Brett Bielema, who was on a $12 million buyout from Arkansas? They paid him twenty five grand a yeah. year as a consultant. And yeah. Arkansas was finally fed up with it. Like, look, we got language in the contract that says <laughs> you got to pay representative salary. Exactly. And exactly. the Patriots like, what? That's what he agrees That's to. That's such a Patriots. Uh, how, how, totally yeah, a Patriot. Yeah. How, how good's Belichick? You know, it's, that's just another <laughs> he is great another thing example. he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see the spending spree that uh, they're on right we now? We knew that was coming. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he likes to lose. I'm just getting no. the feeling, you know. And he was 7-9, Gary, with a ton of guys opting out. Right. With Cam not being good at all last no, year. No, he right? wasn't, yeah. And now he's going to get, he's got all these free agents, two great tight ends, Good defensive players. Cam could be better in the second year. A lot of the guys opting out coming back. He still won seven games last year. Seven right. games and with that. Anyone. I would not bet against him winning ten or more. Let's order lunch. What are we okay. going to have? Alex, my man, what do you say? Well, I know we're all going to do the power lunch, right? And I know you like yes. To the here. No, I'm actually going to do the shrimp linguine. Sorry to jump in ahead of the lady here. It's okay. I'll do the steak salad, please. Uh, medium well. The chop chop. Yeah, can I have the dressing on the side? Yes. Thank you. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I'll have that chop, chop as well. Chop, chop. Medium rare. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'll do that too. And um, medium. So it's pink. With the meat. Great. So what are we going to do? How How is the NCAA going to deal with this name, image, likeness stuff, which they're going to have to grapple with? Like, where do we stand on it right now, Naki? And what's... It's me. Huh? Beats me. Has it not been approved that these kids can now profit off their name, got image, put off and likeness? <laughs> Which never happens with the NCAA. It got put off to the next vote or whenever. Oh, okay. They got so to form eight, eight more committees. But the state uh, of California approved it the last time. Right. Read. California was well, the one. That's that, why it will have to be yeah. dealt with. Yeah. It's just not being dealt with right yeah. now. Yeah. I think they COVID. put it at arm's length. And Everybody's like, okay. COVID, be, be, before, before we go too far in this, and this, this is old school talking. Uh, I get a scholarship to Stanford. That's worth 70000 a year room board books tuition. I get the best strength training in the country. That's probably worth another 100000 if I had to pay that privately. I get uh, the best food available. I get all the food I want now. That, that's the change in the NCAA. I have the best tutoring on campus if I really care about academics. 
So you're talking probably a player gets value of $250,000, $300,000 a year. I agree. It's the greatest deal going. It's why kids break down in tears. So what kid on campus that doesn't play basketball would not change position with a basketball player on on the the varsity team? That's not who they're comparing themselves to, right? I mean, because they're not... No, I I mean, I'm just saying when they say kids aren't getting paid, I think they're getting paid. I agree, but if you have a Trevor or Lawrence decide to go to a California school instead, yeah, no, I mean one guy they all have to do the same thing. Yeah. Okay, I understand that part, but here's the part I don't understand: who's who's going to make money on what? What player is going to make money for his license? Okay, on Maryland's team this year, who would make money for for a license? Good question. Yeah, uh, you know, if you have Zion Williamson. Okay, that kid, that kid might make a lot of money. But if I'm sitting in the timeout and I see Zion Williams next to me and he's not working hard on defense, I'm a little more upset with him than I would be if he wasn't getting all the money in the world. You know, yeah. like, like if Nike could have paid him at Duke his first year, he would have made easily $100,000 on a shoe contract that year. Nobody else in that team, and there was good players in that team, would have gotten any money. So is that what we want? Do we no. really want that? No. Well, I, I hear people, you know, some pretty prominent people talk about, like, these kids are getting screwed. These kids are not getting screwed. And, okay, women's basketball. Are they going to sit there and let men be paid money and them not get money? Well, where's that money coming from? Exactly. <clears throat> so, you know, you got to think about everything when you talk about well, it. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, look, and, and if you start making it let's pay you cash – you might have tax implications on that. Oh, well, you, yeah. yeah, because there's some... Oh, here's the other thing. If I can pay likeness, if I'm in Lawrence, Kansas, and I have a car dealership, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pony up a lot of money. And so if I'm a recruit now, and I got people in my ear, which most kids do now, I'm going to visit each school of my five visits. Okay, how much are you going to give me for my likeness? Uh, so the bidding war starts. Right. I'll give you 400000 Well, I'll give you 500000 so where does that stop? You know, said, how do you how yeah. do you stop the cheat? This is going to encourage more cheating, is what well, I yeah, think. Yeah, because a really good, let's say, left guard for Alabama football has no name, image, likeness, value. Right. Nobody knows who he is, but he's a great player. Mm-hmm. But you want him to come to Alabama, yeah. so you hook him up with a car dealership sure. that you sign autographs a couple Saturdays or Sundays every year. There's your money right there. He has no actual name. No one's buying right. his jersey. Same thing for any other player that's not a star player. There's about 12 people, I think, Carol, that have real name, image, likeness, value. Yeah, but if you give me 500 bucks to come to Best Buy and say hello, I'm I'm in. So so why why are people encouraging this? Uh, Well, they feel like they couldn't win the battle and they lost in court, Gary. Yeah. Over and over again. And there's a lot of people, including Billis. Bang in the drum. Well, I think that's well, a big part of it yeah. too. The the, the, the visibility, war. the visit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there's a there's a big part of of that involved. You know that uh, you get a lot of guys who are the smart guys in the sport. You know the self appointed right. uh, conscious yeah, the consci- of the, uh, the consciousness of college basketball. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, yeah. I think Jay is just a little bit conflicted that he has a really nice salary, a couple million a year from ESPN, and these young men are not getting paid to play basketball. Well, but they are I, getting a lot. I, I think it's easy to bitch about the NCAA. I think it, I totally get it because yeah. it, there's it's slow moving. It's not it's not uh, up to date. It's it's a sort of a uh, I, I don't it's know. It's a bureaucracy. So many, so many things wrong right. with it. 
But that doesn't mean you have to go completely 180 and pro pro player. Right. You know right. where. And the thing I worry about, to kind of Gary's point, is once the decision is made in California. There's a certain momentum to these things, sure. you know, and it's hard to reverse that stuff right, when, yeah. when it when it all starts. And, uh, there is the problem, though, that and I didn't have it. I was lucky enough to be able to do unpaid internships when I got out of school. Oh, yeah, I, got, I heard you got a bag of McDonald's cash yeah. to go to Drake. But if you are, if you yeah, if you that? give everything, you can't work, you can't save, and you get out of school, and whether or not you graduate. You don't have any means to you help you launch. You don't have a student loan, though. Either you have to pay off because you were on scholarship. Yeah. You know, you, well, the kids yeah. that you know, have a $100,000 student loan, you go to a, a, a very well-off private school, you're, you know, you don't have the money really to be there. You're going to pay a lot of money for the rest of your of life. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for that side of the argument because we're only passing legislation – Zabe, as you said, for very few people. Right. See, the kids that need as much help as you can give them are the kids that are going to have to get a degree if they want to be successful yeah. after they get finished playing basketball. So if I'm, I'm coaching anywhere, if I have one player that's got a chance to play in the NBA, that's a lot. You know, a lot of teams, they have good players. They just don't have a guy that fits what the NBA needs. And, and so th- those kids have to be, you know, if if they can consistently, that's not my phone. That's somebody else's. <laughs> let, let not. Damn it! Answer. We have to start the whole podcast <laughs> over. Yeah. No, forty three minutes in. See, I worry about that. We're, we're we're passing this legislation basically for Zion Williamson's sake. Right. Okay. There, there there's any any team. There's twelve scholarships in men's basketball, so the other eleven guys aren't necessarily guaranteed to play in the NBA. Not, not just or not maybe, guaranteed. maybe play in Europe for a year or two, right. where you make a couple hundred thousand a year, say, or something like that. So what are we talking about here? Why aren't we more concerned with making it better? Now, the one thing the NCAA does that's good, they have a cost of attendance factor now, mm-hmm. which a kid walks into a, a power conference school, he probably gets 6000 handed to him before the year starts. It's like spending money. You guys probably weren't yeah. aware of no, that. No, I hear you on that. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a sticky situation. I mean, it, they get a great deal as it is. The best exposure, training, coaching, yeah. education, all that stuff. It's worth a ton of money. Kids love to have it. But there's a handful of guys that are like, hey, I could be making more. Yeah, you could. Well, but it's go- because you're Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. And so the platform of Clemson football helps elevate your name, image, and likeness. Right. It's a lot more than, say, Trey Lance at North Dakota State. Right. Yeah, you you can you you've got options now. Uh, as the sal- I think the salary is going to go up dramatically in the G League, for example, where you can make dramatically two fifty three hundred. What is it now? It's not much. It's, yeah, it's like this year I think he can make a hundred. Yeah, I'd say between fifty to seventy five. Yeah, That's yeah it's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. But, so but, what? But would, college is not for everybody. But see, no, what, you know, <laughs> no I mean, who am I talking to? I know. You know you, hey, I barely got out of UCSB. You're, it took you're, me five and a half years. You're, you're telling guys that they, they, well, you know, go play in Europe. Uh, the Ball family has mm-hmm. proven that that's a way to go because their kids are pretty successful playing yeah. right now. So there, there's there's options beside going to college, and I, you know, if 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 you make it about what school to pick, not based on academics, which 
I think has already happened, plus not their basketball team or their basketball coach, but making on who's going to pay you the most money to go to your school. Right. That, that doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Now back to my bracket. All right. So <laughs> Carol, Carol is desperate enough, for winners. Enough have, about you. Let's make it about yeah. me. Yes. I yeah. have my bracket sitting here. I brought it as as uh, requested, even though I usually have. Was to buy a newspaper. Tuesday. I uh, usually rip it up in a couple of days from now. But this year I'm feeling hopeful. I don't have any UMBCs. I don't have, you know, a Florida Gulf Coast. I don't see it happening. Anyone? Oh, no. there's going to be a Cinderella that gets well, to the Well, I think, elite you know, that, that's the gamble you take with a bracket. You sh- if you want to win your bracket, you probably need to pick one upset that's really outlandish, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Because whoever picked UMBC to beat Virginia... What three years ago Somebody now? Somebody did. Somebody yeah. did, and they won their bracket. Yeah. By just by that one pick. On that note, I did see Grand Canyon. No. I stumbled on Grand Canyon in early March playing a game against. You know, I mean, this you, is how stupid I am, right? The reason I stopped is that because it was some ESPN back channel of Fox Sports, ESPN whatever. Three. I don't the know. Ocho. The reason I stopped was because they had a ton of fans in, the energy in the building, and the the way the play by play guys. And the announcers were calling the game. Was it was just you could hear, see, feel the whole vibe of that broadcast was different. And I actually recorded some of it early, early March because I was going to send it to you to be like, this is what I miss. Oh, I and looked so, it up. It's in Phoenix. Yeah, right. Jerry, yeah, Jerry Colangelo started the university. Yeah, yeah. and, and Dan I'm head of USA Marley basketball. was their head coach. Dan Marley was the head coach right. up until this and year. And I am going to beg my youngest daughter Megan to transfer from <laughs> from Christopher Newport to, <laughs> to Grand Canyon. Yeah. I'm like, I'd love to that's go out there. That's a good place to visit. That's, yeah. that's 36 a day if you go there. I know. You know How about like, University of Hartford? I go, you just made that school up. That's not a school. How are they in the tournament? But that's what makes the tournament great. Yeah. Because when Florida Gulf Coast ripped Georgetown a new one and was dunking all over, one of the greatest stories Ever. we've had. Yeah. yeah. Same thing for Loyola of Chicago, which, by the way, could play Illinois they're in back. the second round. Yeah, huh? they're back. Right, Sister Jean? I like uh, actually like Liberty against Oklahoma State. Um, I, I did a couple of Liberty games last year, and the, the head coach is, was with Tony Bennett for a long yeah. time, and he slows the game down to a walk. <laughs> and the Oklahoma State kids are going to hate it. They're right. going to hate playing a 52-50 to 50 game. That would kill me because Oklahoma State's in my Final Four. Really? Yeah, so stupid. Wow. Uh, you could be it. You could be right. So here's a, a philosophical question for you guys to opine upon, and that is the Gonzaga conundrum. They're in this league that they just dominate every year, but they also play really tough non-cons. December. They win them. December. Right. They're, okay, I see where you're going on this. <laughs> yeah. So they play really tough non-cons in the tournaments and the holiday classics and whatever, and they win them, and they've got really good players, including NBA players that are coming through the system. Right. Okay, great. What if they were to go to the Pac-12? Would it hurt them, help them, or make no difference? We had this conversation on our podcast last week. No way! Actually, yeah. Okay. And we talked about this, and to to the man, we wondered, why would they go to the Pac-12? I agree. Because they they, hurt them. They absolutely own the league. Uh, I think men and women, by the way. Women as well. So, But they own that league. They do enough non-conference to get out. They played Iowa. They played Carolina. They played... They played Virginia. They played And Kansas. Yeah. They played Here's here's the thing. They're a boutique powerhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, they're, they're very similar to Butler uh, in that um, they put all their resources into men's basketball. Right. And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to get really good in men's basketball, and then that's going to help the women's basketball team at Gonzaga is a very good team this year. For example, we're going to make money so that now we can make other sports better. It's kind of like the trickle-down and they don't have to deal with football. the economy. Right. They don't have to deal with exactly football. football. Yeah. Either. Butler had plays division two, three football. Right. Like right. Yeah. Does Gonzaga have so, not have any football at all? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. But, but it, I was talking about this with somebody like, you know, Butler seemed to be poised to have this boutique powerhouse that was going to be a perennial team. But then Brad Stevens left. And yeah. that kind of threw a wrench into things. Yeah, and the kid at, at Ohio State was, was there after, and they were still good. And now they're, oh, they're not right. good. And yeah. so I said, who's the next boutique powerhouse? Somebody told me Loyola can, can I, of Chicago could be that type of program. So can I actually – so you're talking about – you're throwing out there Gonzaga, the possibility of them moving to the Pac-12. I thought what hurt Butler and what hurt Wichita State, for instance. I, I thought the, the move to the, – the grasp for a be, bigger right. and better conference didn't hurt quite him. help them. Yeah. yeah. So now Butler is in the Big East, right? In the yeah. Big East. So in the big, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a that's a tough league. Yeah, sure, it's a pretty sure, tough sure. league. Well, I think I think this what, year it's tougher tough. than where they were. Yeah. I think, oh, they have better teams. They just were down. Yeah. This I think year. what Gonzaga has going their advantage, and it appeals to today's generation. They get recruits who know they're going to win and win like crazy. Yeah. It's almost like Connecticut, Carol, with women. The Connecticut women's program brings in layers of All-Americans who will wait their turn because who doesn't love to win? Right. So that's kind of Gonzaga's model. Win like crazy, play on big TV games at the holidays, go to the tournament, be a high seed. What's the problem? Just quick, yeah, but you, quick left turn. Do you hear Gino? They, need to, they need to win a national championship. Yeah. That's the problem with Gonzaga. They've gotten to the Final Four finally. 20 years now, Few's been unbelievable with his record. 20 years. And, and don't, don't think for a second that What they, do you mean they need to win, Gary? They're, they're not a national champion. Okay. And that separates you from the rest of the people. That's the way it goes. And he will yeah. take one and done. So I, I get the idea yeah. of what you're saying about, like, Jalen Suggs. Yeah. They, they don't go there for four pick. years. Yeah. You know I mean? No, he's yeah. gone. Crazy. He's, he's right. gone. I mean, so, so, yeah, he brings in, and you know, some of those Plus guys. he recruits internationally. He does a yeah, great does a job. a good job with that, too. They have, yeah. a, they have a religious tie in a couple countries. They have it. Do you know their assistant coach? He's been there forever. He's really good. He sits right next to a few on the bench. He's the guy that's in Europe, in Canada, all the time. And if you check their roster, they'll have three or four guys internationally every year. Yeah, Hachimura, right? Yeah, Hachimura, the guy for the Wizards. Still doesn't speak in English after games. I don't know how he got to... Yeah, well, let's... I won't go there. Like, I don't get that. You see it all the time. Because we're here for a good time, not a long time, Naki, and we're about up in an hour. We're going to wrap it up here. We're going to eat, by the way, at the Palm. Thank you very much to the Palm for the wonderful power lunch. Thank you, Gary, for coming out. You too, Naki. Carol, you look fantastic as always. So, here's my final four, and I'm just going to try to win the pool by picking kind of an offbeat championship game. I got Bama over Illinois in the championship game. Now, that's three ones and a two. Yeah, I've got the Zags, I got Baylor, I got Illinois, and I got Bama. It's hard for me not to have a man crush on Bama because of what Nate Oates did with Coach K early in the year, just oh, body-bagging yeah, him. <laughs> and he yeah. apologized <laughs> later, but it was so great. And that team, Alabama, they're crazy. I mean, they 
throw down, they shoot three. Entertaining. Absolutely electric team. Yep. So that's my kind of how many people have Bama over Illinois? I don't know. That's my final four. Carol, get on record. I have Bama losing to BYU. And I have BYU in my uh, final four. And I have BYU. No, I have no right, we're, reason we're, to we're, that. We're in. I like to get in that pool. <laughs> I have no. <laughs> you have some inside intel, Carol. I'm trying That's to remember bold. who they beat that gave me some, that I watched a game. Or was it Michigan? They, they lost to. Uh, who did they Six seeded BYU that has to go through Bama in theory. You got them in the final four. That's bold. That will win you the pool. See, that would win the pool. Yeah, I needed to be bold, but I either have Gonzaga, Baylor, or my seeds. I have Oklahoma State, a four seed, and BYU. And my champion, I was waiting for the experts to help me. But I'll have to go say Gonzaga, first team since, what, 1975 Indiana to go undefeated Undefeated. all year. I think, listen. Uh, With an asterisk, COVID undefeated. Yeah, it's a crazy year. I feel like I went crazy with the bracket. Because it's been a crazy year, but watch, this is a year where, like, higher seeds mostly dominate. Okay, I think that's the case. Carol believes in chalk. Naki, do you believe in chalk? I do. I'm going, actually, two number ones in the finals. I'm going Gonzaga, Illinois in the finals. I think Illinois is your national champion this year. All right, there you go. Yeah, I I think that uh, Illinois is probably playing as good as anybody right now. And quickly on Gonzaga, they're not playing as well as they did in December when they beat those teams only because of the competition level. It's like any, anything else. If, if you can get away, and you know, even though Gonzaga's been put up in this pedestal, they're still college kids. Yeah. So if I only have to play kind of hard for two months, you know, there's a tendency <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And so I'm saying a team like Illinois that had to battle their way through the Big Ten, which was really good um, with who they had to play against, I've got them beating Alabama in the final. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Do you, do you miss it? Yeah. Right now, do you? Yeah, this is a time of year if, yeah. if, if you're still playing. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> That's why, you know, if you're at a power conference school and, you, you know, we were saying about all these, you know, great stories about Loyola, Chicago, whatever. But if you're a power, power conference school and you're pretty good and you could bounce out of the tournament because they include a school that you'd beat by 50 points if you played them, that, that can be tough this yeah. time of year. Coach, how did you sleep? When it, you were do what? You know, when you were approaching the Final Four and then the national championship yeah. game, how did you sleep? How did I what? Sleep. Oh, sleep. No, you don't sleep this time of year, but it's okay. I mean, that's just you'd gladly trade sleep for uh, winning a couple games this time of year. How did you function? Like your your adrenaline. Your you, you, you you just get up to you 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 get ready to practice every day. It was great to still be practicing. It was great to get on a bus to go play somewhere. You know, all those things were tremendous. And you realize that that's not automatic. See, there's no automatics. You have to earn that every year. And you look at Duke this year as the best example. Who would ever think that Kentucky and Duke the same year wouldn't be in a tournament? So you never take anything for granted. If you do, you're going to lose. And the single most important way, winning, winning it all changed you. Uh, the day after we won the national championship, I became a much better coach, um, <laughs> which is interesting. It, it just, it, you, you've done something that you probably spend your whole life wanting to do. And a lot of guys never get the chance. They don't get the right job. They don't get the right players, the right mix, whatever. Yeah, guy sprains an ankle the day before oh. you're playing. You know, I mean, when, when it's a one and done deal, it's like the NFL playoffs. When it's one and done, it's not best out of seven. 
There's a lot of factors that can go in there. So luck is a, is, is a factor. You know, when you think about it in sort of the modern era of college basketball, say from 1960 on, there, you know, you think that's 60 years. Well, in that time, UCLA's won 11. Yeah. Kentucky's won six. North Carolina's won five. Yeah, won, so there aren't that many schools right. that have actually won national championships. It's not. Yeah. It's a. It's an exclu- pretty exclusive club. It's a hell of a thing, man. There Every, you go. Yeah. What are you pointing Carol's out there, got the Carol? entire. What do you got? Because I have a newspaper. It had a list of the most national the titles. Oh, uh, okay. Now it's the New York Times. Oh. I don't even think oh. the Post printed it. So I, gee, I haven't read that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> is this that, is the only bracket I could find in a paper. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah UCLA eleven. Eleven. Kentucky. Wow. Yeah, but they yeah, won Kentucky. them honestly, right? Go on, conference of champions, conference of champions. They haven't won since ninety eight, ninety seven. Oh. Is that their last one? Sixteen different teams. Ninety five. Ninety five. UCLA. Think wins. about that. Everybody thinks UCLA. Yeah. Ninety five. All right. Good time, guys. Let's see. Yeah, sounds good. Make sure to download and listen to the Basketball Coaches DC podcast. That's the side hustle Gary and Naki are part of. It's those guys plus Jimmy Patsos, who's hilarious, Ned Tapscott, who knows everybody and just about everything, college and pro. It's a really good podcast. Get it. Search for it, DC Coaches Podcast, and subscribe wherever you get your pods. Apparently... Tuesday was indeed the one-year anniversary of two weeks to flatten the curve. Boy, oh boy, is it a lesson for all time. A lesson that I think, sadly, half the country doesn't even understand. Or if they do understand it, they think it was actually a good thing and not a bad thing. It's one of the biggest lies and one of the biggest societal follies of my lifetime. And the second place is not even close. And a lot of people think, well, we had to stop the virus. We had to. Oh, did you? I remember a couple months into the pandemic when it became clear that, you know what? Uh, You're not stopping this thing anytime soon. It's not nearly as bad as it was made out to be in the early stages. I remember at the dinner table a, a tense discussion as I was very angry about my daughter's senior year in high school being wiped out. And I remember saying, you know, to her, And to my wife, I said, we should have never locked down at all. And it was met by my beautiful daughter who knows just enough to not know anything about life to scoff and shock and horror. Like, how can you say that? Now, would I have liked it if she had that kind of curiosity and that parental respect to go, really, dad? That seems crazy, but why why do you say that? How would that have worked and shown a curious mind? But no, she looked at me like I was a fucking heretic. But of course, in retrospect, that is exactly the case. We should have simply protected the vulnerable, those in nursing homes and long-term care, and then let everybody else go about their business with the warning of, hey, if you are compromised, if you are vulnerable, you should probably lay, lay low for a while. And uh, be sensitive, uh, be sensible, I should say, about what you're doing. But you see, half the country either thinks, oh, no, we had to do this. They might even think it worked, kind of like they think masks work. Can you hear my air quotes there? Or if they think, well, maybe it didn't work, but guess what? Didn't affect me. They don't care. 
And most of this country, not most, at least half of this country, wasn't really affected. It's a nation addicted to Netflix, Grubhub, porn, weed, booze, you name it. And guess what? They're not going to get very philosophical about the constitutional right to freely gather. They just won't. In fact, most Americans don't want to gather anymore. They're becoming antisocial. They're almost agoraphobics nowadays. They just want to stay inside, self-quarantine, perpetually hopped up on fast food, cheap entertainment, whatever else, their drug of choice. But for the record, I don't think there was any grand plan by governments to say, all right, let's get them to say yes to two weeks. Just get, Well, two weeks sounds like a lot, but it's not. And then once they say, okay, we'll do it for two weeks, we got them right where we want them. No, I don't think so. It's just that when society says, hey, government, would you like to micromanage almost every aspect of society to keep us safe? Chances are government, whether it's ours or those around the world, are going to say, why? Why, yes, we do. Thank you for asking. And away they go. And of course, once they were in, and then once governments, local, state, and national cooked up these incredibly dense Rube Goldbergian charts of zones and tiers and opening phases based on 12 different metrices or more, government just did what it always does. Fucked everything up. They're not smart enough to have any plan. They just get in there and fuck things up and say, no, oh no, we got to do this, got to do that. It's absurd. So here we are one year later. And I think it's going to take another year to cut the last of the strings off of this behemoth that has tied down society. It's almost like a glitter party in your basement. One year for for New Year's Eve, I got glitter for my daughter and my wife and I. We're like, yay, New Year's. Don't ever do that. You You think you got all the glitter up, you don't have all the glitter up. You'll never be done picking it all up. It's like all these restrictions... You'll think that, okay, we're finally through with the last of it. And then it's like, no, there's one more thing. The government's like, no, you can't do that. It's not safe. Hell, DC announced 5% fans at Nats games for now. What a joke. Zero science involved. 5%. Do you know what 5% capacity at a Nats game looks like? It looks like one person per row. Get the fuck out of here. But hey. That's the way it rolls in DC. And are the learner fa- is the learner family going to make us think about it? No. And I got a thought about that as well, because there's nothing they can do. Even they know it. They're the most powerful, richest family that develops and builds and manages properties in the DC area. But there's still no match for the government in DC, because you can't fight City Hall. The bureaucratic government answers to no one ever. And the people in it, well, they seldom answer to anybody as well. The only way they have to ever answer is by getting unelected. But even then, they've got this amazing ability to kind of burrow back into government. They'll go from councilman to uh, state senator or from district supervisor to health commissioner or from mayor to governor or back to dog catcher if that's what it takes. They go back to where it's nice and warm and cozy, where there's easy, steady money, and they are shielded from consequences. 
So sure, 5% for the Nats on opening day. Outdoors in a huge stadium. It's not in line with any other stadium. Hell, California is less restrictive. That ought to tell you how fucked up it is. But what are you going to do? You you hold out your hands and say, oh, thank you. Thank you for the porridge. Thank you. And you move along until sanity someday returns. And it can't come soon enough. Look at this. My my bookie gut hunch, gut punch of the day is 1-0. Told you the Knicks plus 7.5 against the Nets on Monday night. They lose, but they cover 117-112. to 112. Julius Randle went 33-12. and 12, Had a bad call at the end. Ball got tipped on a three. He came down with it, said it, you know, should be able to, you know, either get another shot off. Uh, they called a travel, didn't see him touch the ball. And where was replay to save it? Yeah, right, exactly. Anyhow, I'll take the win with the cover. Remember, when you want to gamble or at least put a little money in play, win some money, go with my bookie. They have been around this game for a long time. Maybe your local jurisdiction or your state has said, hey, we got legal gambling now. We've got this company, that company, this company. My bookie has been there for a long time, and they've got no restrictions, no limits as well on any time, anywhere, anything you want to bet. They take care of their existing players as well with a host of free bets, free contests, and periodic bonuses. And they just began the MyBookie Crypto Rewards Program, which incentivizes and rewards players for making their deposits via cryptocurrency. How about that? Go with your gut, bet with your head, nut over it. As Furio says, have some fun and get some sweet action. Open an account today. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get bonuses on sign up. All right, my gut hunch, gut punch, my bookie play of the day is. I will take the Lakers minus seven and a half uh, against the Timberwolves in L.A. Timberwolves are terrible. I'm going to count on the Lakers starting to get that second half mojo going. So let me lay the lumber with LeBron and company. Lakers minus seven and a half. There it is. My uh, official gut hunch, gut punch, my bookie bet of the day. That's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for downloading and being part of the Zavecast Nation. If you like this episode, tell a friend or two. Rate and review. It helps the algorithmic overlords. I welcome feedback. Positive, negative. Did my voice crack? Zabe at yahoo.com. There we go. Still a little damn crack working on it. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. 
Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.